He's too big. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sub Talk Radio. Today, you want to learn about bodybuilding, stepping on stage, the grind, and what it's like. I have I have surrounded myself with three people that are on track to do it on an upcoming show. My personal friends, Josh from V1 Nutrition. We've got James from Impel Nutrition and making his very first podcast appearance, not just the Sub Talk. But just in general, yes, I'm stealing his podcast virginity. Welcome, JoJo of Apollo Nutrition. Welcome, yeah. everybody. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Seriously. Yeah. So we've or, so I should say the three of you guys are are got shows up on on in the queue here. Um, I guess Josh, let's start off with you a little bit. What what are you looking at? What show and what division? What are you hoping to do, my friend? So I'm doing a show uh, for OCB which I think stands for Organization of Competitive Bodybuilders, something like that. It's a natural show, natural organization. Um, November 12th, 12th is uh, the date. Going to be doing Classic Physique only. Last time I had competed, I did uh, Men's Physique and Classic Physique. I ended up getting my pro card in uh, Men's Physique for the organization I was in, but I don't like Men's Physique. It's boring as hell. <laughs> um, so... Focusing strictly on classic this time because that's where my heart is, my mind is, my posing is, and yeah. So, Josh, is it because you want to pose where physique? There's really what two two mandatory poses. Hundred percent, yeah. There's there's your four quarter turns, and that's really it, technically speaking, for men's physique. Some organizations will throw in some more bodybuilder or classic physique poses, but they're not actually men's physique poses by any means, and that's just. Um, it's too boring, too bland. And James, you talked forever, and then all of a sudden you just kind of surprised the world a little bit. Like, yep, eight <laughs> weeks out, seven weeks out, I'm in. What the, wh where'd that come from, my friend? Well, you know, I mean, we've talked a couple of times. It was just like getting in shape to do some more brand content. I've got to get photos for the for the company, and we were doing a little photo shoot. And I was like, you know what? Let me pull my shirt off. I'll hit a couple of poses, like take some pictures. And uh, he turned the camera, and I was like, whoa hold on like that looks a lot different than it did you know in 2017 when i competed that one time so i was like screw it man diet was already going good uh we picked a show that's here local and um it was like eight ten weeks out and i was just like we'll see what happens you know we'll diet for it and um you know if things come together great um and then things started like really lining up so i was like okay we'll we'll put the hammer down and do what we can do and you're doing an NPC classic, an NPC show? Yeah, it's an NPC show. Um, it's local. There's a couple different ones around here, but this is one that, you know, the brand, we've sponsored it. It's some guys that I know. Um, it's local, so there'll be, like, a good turnout for people that support Impel. Um, so it'd be fun to get up there. And I've got uh, two or three other athletes that are going to do the show with me. Sweet. So you're doing this on your own. You're not doing it as a bet like you did your first one, right? Right. Yeah. The other one was my buddy. He's, you know, a really good bodybuilder. He's won, you know, multiple shows, been to nationals. Um, but he was just like training like a bitch. And, uh, you know, he trained at four or five in the morning and I, I'll run my mouth. I mean, if you know me at all, like I'm going to talk trash. And uh, he finally was just got fed up and he's like, listen, I'll buy your trunks. I'll buy your NPC card. Just I bet you won't do it. I'm like, let's go. I'll prance around in my underwear. I don't care. <laughs> so uh this time you know it's it's much more of like trying to be competitive and and see how my muscle has matured in the last five years 
Yep. And Jojo, you're defending what, uh, what technically talk, talk about that. My friend last year was your first show, correct? So my first bodybuilding show, I did do a classic physique show back in 2018. Um, and that was like my journey to like, just not being fat anymore. I went from like 230 pounds, just out of shape, you know, being a dad and everything. And <clears throat> I worked out for a long time, spent a lot of time in the gym and, uh, you know, my, my wife, she was just like, why are you always going to the gym? Nothing's changing. And I was like, <laughs> damn, which I could, I, she wasn't wrong. You know, I spent two, three hours in the gym hitting like all the workouts, you know, trying every split and nothing was really changing. And then, so when she said that kind of lit a fire under my butt and I was like, okay, I need to learn and put this more to work. And then I went to a NPC bodybuilding show in Fort Walton beach, Florida. And, uh, when I went there, I was like, people are kind of normal, like, you know, cause I'm so used to like looking. I've never like, heard that. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, when you, when I was like not really following, but seeing it, you see Jay Cutler, Ronnie Coleman and you know, this okay. guy is ridiculous, you know? And so when I decided to go to a, a local show, I mean, there were guys who definitely, you know, were big, but then like the other half of the amateurs were like, well, they just kind of look like guys I see at the beach or, you know, whatever. So I was just like, I could probably do this. And then of course it was an NPC show. And I was like, well, there's also natural shows. So those guys are probably going to be smaller. So I was like, I'll do a classic physique show because then I don't have to be as buff because that's what I thought at the time, you know, for classic, it's not so hard and grainy. And so I did that and I went from 230 pounds to 165 pounds. Damn um, brother. That's yeah. And, huge. uh, I actually got kind of mad when I did this show because when I did it, I felt like I looked the best out of all three of them. I mean, there's three people in the show. I got third and I was like, man, I, my body looks way better than all of them. But, you know, I didn't understand the judging. I didn't understand what they were looking for. But then all the judges were like, you're just fit. Your body's better for bodybuilding. So I was like, mm, I'm probably done. I did it at one show, felt good about myself. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. But, you know, it's, you know, and then, um, I went through a really, really hard time and gained a lot of weight, went through some depression stuff and almost gave up on life. And then um, Nate with uh, Battle of the Beach, the OCB in um, Orange Beach, he reached out to me once I came back to like social media and life because I gave it up for almost a year, just totally detached from the world. He was one of the first people to message me and was like, how about we pay for your entry and you, you come back? Wow. I was just like, man, well, that's, that's not awesome. a sign from God to just kind of get my life together. And uh, I did it and competed and turned pro. So, so, did you, so, to, so to put you on the spot, did you then look at your wife afterwards and be like, okay, now it's going to the gym worth it or what? <sighs> not really. I kind of thanked her for it more, you know, because like I've even trained her a lot. And she's just one of those people like I think she's, she's going to make me the best trainer that I like I will become. Um, for other people, because every time I would put her through a workout that felt good for me, she'd be like, I don't feel this. This is this is dumb. I don't want to work this. And um, so I really thank her for everything that, you know, that lining that fire under my butt saying, like, you're not doing anything right. You look the same. And then, um, you know, and also just with the workouts and stuff, how she's like, you know, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. And I'm like, OK. And it made me think, like, maybe people don't feel it. I can't force everybody to feel the workout the way I do. So 
Yeah, so I'm thankful that she decided to <laughs> tell me I look like crap still. But no, she's my biggest supporter too, so. That's awesome. And yeah. Josh, what I know we discussed this in a previous life, but what got you into stepping on stage, getting the best that you could be? Um, when my brother died, honestly, that was really what sparked um, the fire for me. That was back when I was, gosh, I reckon 16. I spent a solid two weeks in my um, my bedroom, totally locked up, um, not talking to anyone or anything like that. And I was on YouTube, and I reckon I saw pumping, <laughs> pumping iron, ironically <laughs> enough, and Arnold's there, and I'm just like, oh, this looks dope. Like, back when I was younger, I was, I was always a fat kid and everything like that, but I was always like, the strong bully. I know that doesn't sound good by any means, but I was always the, the strongest kid in the school and shit like that. And I finally wanted to do something with that whole mentality and shit. And that was just you know, walking into the gym one day and just hopping on the bench and doing 30 fucking cents of flat bench press that day. And that's what started it. And James yourself, I know you had kind of an interesting, interesting life growing up, but I don't know if bodybuilding kind of set you straight. I don't remember. Uh, I mean, for me, it was just like, Working out has always been something that helped keep my mind um, in, in the right kind of chemical balance. I, I had a lot of mental health issues when I was in my teenage years, going through a lot of chaos growing up. Um, and my dad was in the military, so like physical fitness was important, but I was never really an athlete. You know, uh, it wasn't until my son was born that I really focused on, you know, being physically fit and turning my life around. You know, I was kind of just a hooligan. Um, just doing whatever before my son was born. And, you know, I was 170 pounds at, uh, you know, six, three. So just skin and bones. And then I kind of got a dad bod and, uh, looked in the mirror one day and was like, I'm 215, chunky, you know, desk job kid eating chicken nuggets every day. Uh, time to get my shit together. And so it was just physical fitness was part of getting my head right, getting, you know, all my, lifestyle things together so that I have the energy for my son and have the energy to, you know, go to school, go to work and, and make a living. And Jojo, I know we talked about it offline that you were the same way though. You knew you were kind of out of shape. You had, I don't know how many kids you had at the time, but I remember you telling me, look, you wanted to be around. You wanted to be able to keep up with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy coaching, you know, so like I've coached them in like flag football, basketball, things like that. And like, I could still move around for a fact, you know, I'm 5'3", 230 pounds, like I could still move, I could run with them. But it, like, I also knew that if this continued, would I still be able to run with them, you know? And at the time, you know, they were like eight and four. So it was like, you know, I just didn't want to see myself like watching them play. I always wanted to be involved. And then, you know, with the coaching, I wanted to be able to coach. And, and then I kind of thought like them, not that they probably ever thought like me, but I didn't want them to be like, yeah, that's my dad over there. He's kind of the fat guy sitting down, you know? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Super dad bod. Yeah. yeah. So I decided to, and then because I'm small now, my oldest daughter, she's 17, taller than me. So that means all the boys will probably be taller than her. So I got to at least look the part. I got to look intimidating because I'm not big <laughs> enough to be intimidating. So. Exactly. If you can't fill out this way, fill out this way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Josh, at what point did you know you wanted to compete? Um, I reckon it was one day I was at the gym and me and my brother used to train at uh, Worlds. And I threw up a, a, a story. It was just me 
hitting like a pseudo vacuum. And I remember him commenting, he was like stage in like all caps. Okay, it was it wasn't a it wasn't a story. It was an actual post and it got a few people, you know, to like it and shit like that. And so that got it in my head I could actually possibly do this sort of thing. Cause like for a few years, me and a friend at the time, we had talked about, oh, you should compete, Josh. Oh, you should compete. Uh, team dick skin, team dick skin. Ah, oh, because I was I was always like crazy like that. Wait, what? What you say, thick or dick? Team dick, dick skin, dick skin. Okay, you know, like really vascular things. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. After, Sean, after, you might be too old where you don't really remember how that works. But, but hold I'll on, let me change some, my hearing aid batteries. Hold on. I'll send you some vein. It's great for vascularity uh, and pumps. <laughs> But yeah, so that that was like my nickname at the time was like Dick Skin Josh because I had gone from being like this fat dude to being like this skinny, like ripped, like six foot tall motherfucker. And I was just always 24 seven veins popping out everywhere. Like people would be like, oh, dude, you'd be perfect for, you know, heroin and shit like that. Like <laughs> these were these were comments I was getting. It's like often. bodybuilding drug addict, you know. You <laughs> exactly. Yeah. One of the thing. Both um, addictions. But, so, that's what that's what kind of prompted it was that sort of thing and at the time um phil heath was still competing he had just won an olympia and phil, phil for me was my go-to for when it comes to a bodybuilder that inspired me to really compete um because i was following him like a hawk him and kai and all that jazz that was going on and so it was just like okay cool let's do it and 2019 that was my first show 2020 we prepped for another show that never happened 2021 did the same thing competed in two different divisions and now we're 2022. And so did you do, did you go in this on your own? Did you have Ivan or did you have any trainers or did you just go in like most people not knowing Dick? Ivan. Ivan the entire time. Okay. All right. And James, you, you obviously had a co-pilot when you did your first show. Yeah. Um, so I basically had to teach myself all the training and nutrition stuff over, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it was. And uh, going into this, like the last, let's say five weeks. I mean, I, I, I know how to diet. So I just started pulling shit, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, we're getting leaner. We're getting leaner. I was getting smaller, but I was getting leaner, you know, and uh, conditioning was on point. So like the last five weeks, like my buddy's like, here, come meet my coach and, you know, let's do some posing. And he like gave me some diet tips here or there. He's like, just eat what Sean's eating. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, 170 pounds i'm you know 210 pounds or 200 pounds whatever it was um and so it was like the last five weeks i got some help there and um so this time it was like eight nine weeks out i just the same guy he's a he's an old school coach he doesn't really coach anybody else but um i was like hey man if you'll if you'll do this for me you're like the only person i feel like i could give this to like anybody else i feel like i would second guess them because of the things that I know and kind of how I think about dieting and training. Um, but I mean, this guy's coached coaches that I know. So like the guys that are bringing all the, all the people into the local shows, like he coached them when they were in their bodybuilding careers. Gotcha. And Jojo, did you, with you, did you have anybody in in your corner for any of the YouTube. shows or <laughs> YouTube, YouTube? I actually did everything through like just internet and YouTube just cause like, I didn't really know who to trust at the time. And, you know, and I guess 2017, 2018, everything was like BCAs were popular. Keto was popular. Atkins, you know, everything was popular. So all I did was watch a bunch of different videos. And then when 
each person like big in the industry like i watch tiger fitness i watch the supplement engineer and just other podcasts like that and like when they would meet and like they would be saying relatively the same things then i'd be like hmm, maybe I'll, I'll try that so i did every diet like i did low carb i did high carb i did atkins i did and just to see what it do for me i did everything for three weeks and then realized that all the stuff where i cut out carbs was sucky because i love carbs <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, but yeah, I did everything through just trial and error through YouTube and reading and trying to match things up, you know. Let's let's talk a little bit since we're talking meal planning and, and, and dieting and whatnot. You know, kind of go around what Josh, what what type of diet or I don't say diet. So I hate the word diet because the first three letters are die. But what are your what are your current eating protocols? Let's say prior to the show, like let's say 10 weeks before the show and going into the show. I know we talked about it when we met, but are you high carbs? I mean, what are your macros, calories? You don't have to break it down granular, but you know what I mean? So if it fits my macros, okay. it's an option. And that's that's how, first show I did, I did actual meal planning. After that, I kind of played around on my own with macros and foods in general to see what worked for me personally. And at least for me as an individual, I found that I thrive on lower carbs and higher protein and higher fat contents in my day than say a lot of other people that'll be pumping like 250, 300 grams of carbs. Um, and then also when it comes to like doing like a peak week, that sort of thing, that for me just causes a lot of bloating. So I'm like right now, for instance, at around 2250 uh, calories, um, mostly protein, protein, fat, carbs, you can decide the ratio how you want from there. Um, that's really what I'm focusing on at least. And that seems to be the trick that got me at least to where I, I was last year and is the trick right now. And it seems to be working pretty well for me. Do you eat like a bodybuilder four or five meals a day or how many meals do you generally have? Yep. So I have typically one, two, three, four, five, maybe six to eight meals a day. Golly. Um, but they're really, they're really small. So when I say a meal, it's like 300 calories, which could be yeah. like a snack to someone else compared yeah. to, you know, <laughs> doing typical meal planning, four to six meals, they might be, well, four or 500 calories a piece. Yep. James, same question to you. Cause I know you're again, seven or eight weeks out, but I still hear you doing fruit. And I know some people think fruits like the bad, bad thing to do when you're so close to a show. Uh, some people are idiots too. So, um, <laughs> <we'll> just, <laughs> you know, somebody just sent me a thing today actually. And they're like, Hey, you need to do something on Instagram against this. The guy was talking about eating like five Reese's cups versus eating a whole mango and that they're basically the same amount of carbs, but it's totally different. I mean, your glucose, pure sugars versus fructose, yeah. fiber content, micros, all that other shit. Um, but so for me, Typically, I do well with um, a higher carb count um, to maintain. So, like, I can eat a ton of carbs and a ton of calories to stay the same. Uh, typically, in a deficit, though, you know, like, I have to pull carbs pretty aggressively, typically. Um, but my training has changed a lot with um, this diet. So, I'm actually eating 2,800 calories right now. Wow. So, higher food like than I would normally do, but the conditioning's coming in. Um, but I'm doing a lot more functional training. So like sled pushes, some kettlebell swings, um, you know, like a lot of different cardio active weight training. Um, yep. so, you know, I'll leave the gym and I'll burn a thousand calories by eight in the morning. 
Um, so <laughs> I've ramped everything up and the food is just kind of like an accessory to that, I think. Uh, so, so you high carbs, like medium protein and low fat then? Uh, fat's pretty low, but I've got uh, eight ounce beef meal and half an avocado. Um, but we pulled, there was some peanut butter in there that got pulled. Um, so I'll be right back guys. One second. You're good. So, um, you know, there's decent amount of sweet potatoes and two whole meals of rice. There's cream of rice in there, oats. Um, so it's, a, it's a decent amount of carbs. I haven't even mapped it out because I don't want to think about it. You know what I mean? That's why I have, I have the coach to do it. I know about yep. the calorie content, uh, but if I start like micro analyzing, well, oh, well, we're at 350 grams of carbs a day, then I know I'll get in my head. I'm like, just do the soldier thing, you know, get on the plan, follow the plan. So now will you, every week, do you, do you decrease it or is it really just how you're feeling? Like, okay, I'm staying at 2,800 or maybe next week we'll get down to 26 or is there so, kind of a... talking to my coach the last two weeks, we haven't pulled any food at all. Um, so the scale was dropping, uh, conditioning was coming in. So we up cardio and uh, changed the workouts again. And so maybe next week we'll we'll do some low carb, high carb days, and uh, just do some carb cycling next week and the week after that. See where to go from there. And Jojo, what are you practicing currently? I know you're, you're like twenty one hundred calories, but what do you what do you? Kind I'm of down eighteen hundred now, but yeah, um, I basically hit protein like per uh one gram per pound roughly and then lower fats as low as possible so right now they're at like 55 on average and then the rest is just carbs and then you know if i miss a little bit of protein i'll just get it extra in carbs things like that um so i guess it's a little bit if it fits your macro macros type deal but my first like two i try to do like three or four meals but like i'm a volume eater so I like my meals to be bigger. So I'd rather have like three big meals as opposed to like four or five meals or yep. six meals. Um, but my breakfast is always the same. It's been the same since I started for my first show. I have like 300 grams of rice and two to three eggs every morning. Wow. Like okay. I, I, I literally, unless, you know, we go out as a family, but even then I get like toast and eggs, you know? So yep. like my first meal is always the exact same. Lunch is relatively the same, especially if I'm working with Amazon. It'll be like rice and some kind of protein and some vegetables. And then dinner, I usually leave like anywhere between like seven, 800 to 1,000 calories for fluctuation for dinner for when I come home with the family because we wow, try to okay. sit down every night to have dinner. So I just make sure to have that fluctuation. Like, you know, if my daughter's like, hey, dad made brownies. I mean, right now I'm a little tighter on that. Like I'm not doing that, but you know, I try to leave that, that room so I can have, you know, family dinner still. I'm over here weighing out peanut butter and cream of rice and my <laughs> man's eating brownies. <laughs> yeah, I haven't eaten for the last few weeks though. So you know, I guess Josh, for you, that's one of the good things is I don't think you have kids, so you don't have to worry about them walking around with cookies and snacks and everything else kind of tempting you at all. Nope. Just Lucas. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ivan Sonia, he can be dangerous towards you. So we brought up cardio. Let's talk about a cardio. Big, big fans. How often are you guys doing it? And what's your what's your method? Yeah. So I uh personally do cardio with a splinter reckoned seven days a week, but that's just because I tend to train seven days a week, have been for a few years now at this point. So I'll do like during the weekdays 10 minutes of cardio first thing in the morning just to wake my ass up. 
Um, I used to have a much more physically labor intensive job, so I didn't have to really worry about cardio as much. That's kind of why I started doing cardio that frequently, but I'll do typically 25 to 30 minutes, um, during like my workout time. So in the afternoon, I'll usually do 10 minutes pre-workout and then 15 to 25 minutes, um, post-workout. And then on the weekends, I'll just do all that kind of all in one jump, um, to get it all out of the way. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, when you and I trained together two weeks ago, my son has never in his life done a 35-minute cardio session. So I want to thank you for that. Usually he does like 15, 20 minutes, but he was like, no, no, I'll do it with you guys. I'll hang out. And I'm like, all right, good. So I'm like, when I ask him now, I'm like, he did it with Josh. He's like, well, that was Josh. I don't have to do it with you. I'm like, really? <laughs> of course. That's how it is. Oh, my God. James, what is your cardio like? So, I mean, I'm typically like Josh when I like to do pre-workout cardio. Um, especially in the winter months, like as I'm getting older, just get my joints lubricated. But um, right now with the training being more functional, so I've got like a couple cardio movements, kettlebell swings, like walkout pushups and stuff that are kind of in the beginning of the workout. So we're doing 15, 20 minutes of cardio per post-workout and then three, four days a week. Um, I'll do the recumbent bike that I have in the living room and I'll do it right. 30 to 45 minutes. It's low impact. It takes a lot to get sweaty. Um, so like 30 minutes sounds like a lot, but we're watching TV and, um, it's actually sitting right behind my couch. So, you know, me and my wife can be dorks and hold hands and watch TV and I'm doing my cardio. Um, I had elliptical in the other room for the last show and it was always like, leave the room, do your 15, 20 minutes of cardio and some shit would always happen. You know, having kids, it's like somebody's screaming, somebody's, you know, doing something and. They need something. So you're like, oh, well, let me stop. Or you feel like an asshole because you don't get off the elliptical to see what's going on. Um, so this is what kind of works for me is like I can have family time and do my cardio and it doesn't doesn't jeopardize anything. So you're saying you can be an asshole just staying on the recumbent bike then versus the elliptical. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, stop that. And then just pedal. <laughs> Give them the Jojo, look, what you, you know practice? what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so to be honest, this year, this this prep season, it was the first time I actually started to do intentional cardio because, you know, being a delivery driver for Amazon, I was averaging, you know, 10 to 15,000 steps a day, working five, six days a week. So last year when I did my show, I well, first I wanted to prove to myself that I didn't have to do hours and hours of cardio because when you watch everybody's prep videos, that's all you hear, like hour of cardio, two hours of cardio. And like, I wanted to prove that I could do it without intentional cardio, without, um, I, I, didn't, I did one day of intentional cardio eight weeks out. And then that was all the cardio I added. And that was right. on a stationary bike for 20 minutes. That was it. And then um, I didn't do any actual like crunches or core exercise. All my core exercise, I was just like bracing through my workouts and stuff. So I wanted to prove to myself that I could get as lean as possible without doing all that crazy cardio which worked um but this year i said now i'm going to be on a pro stage so i'm going to do everything i didn't do last year but i didn't jump into cardio really fast what i did is i added one day like 20 weeks out and then did that for a while and then i'm up to three days right now four days possibly right now of like 30 minutes of uh level 10 speed of five on like a treadmill and uh so so far it's working the weight's going down and uh hopefully i won't have to add too much more cardio but if i but if i do i will this year because you know i want to win this pro show 
So here's a question from from a listener, and I'll throw it out to everybody here. Um, what do you guys think of two scoops of casein, half a cup of oats, banana, scoop of fit butters, which is I like the almond butter stuff, as a snack before bed during a bulk? Side note, I do eat a ton of real food. I'll just throw it to anybody who ever wants to speak up. Uh, I mean, so I'll kind of give my two cents here is that uh, that that could be a lot of food before bed. You know, I mean, you're kind of hitting fats and a ton of carbs there, a half cup of oats, banana, plus, you know, the the peanut butter, which basically is all fit butters is really. So if you can stomach it and, you know, that's not too much food, then, yeah, that's fine. I mean, you're getting a nice blend there. Um, casein or just a whey isolate would be fine. You know, as far as digestion goes, you're you're putting the fats in with the protein. So you don't necessarily have to use a casein protein to slow digestion because fats will automatically slow down the digestion of fat or uh, carbs or protein. So I think that's, it's a good play either way. Um, but I would say total, like if you're in a bulk, the thing that's worked for me is to separate carbs and fats and, and not put them in the same meal because fat slowing down digestion. If the goal is to put in as much food as possible, um, I would put protein and carbs together and then have a fat snack at a different point. So let the digestion happen, start to feel hungry again, and then add in some fats. So I would probably split this into two meals, get my casein, oats, and banana, and then I would take the uh, peanut butter as a snack right before bed. Yeah, when I when I look at it, just doing quick math in my head, two scoops of casein, maybe 250 calories, half a cup of oats, buck 50 maybe, banana 70 to 90. So we're... Th- then what, 180 for the um, peanut butter there. Yeah, so you look at almost 500. I guess, Looney, it comes down to if you'd be able to sleep and not feel bloated, if that's not going to affect your sleep at all as well. But uh, I don't know, JoJo or, or Josh, comments? I mean, I think if he likes it or he or she likes it, why not? I mean, if you're in a bulking and it fits and you, you can go to bed and wake up feel good, I mean, because, I, I mean, I eat really big meals, like, Tonight, I had eight ounces of ground beef and 400 grams of potatoes, you know, um, which is a big meal for most people or most people my size, maybe, I guess. <laughs> but like, you know, um, I say if, if, if it feels good, do it. Josh, closing comment. I'd say it really depends on their circumstances. I mean, they just asked us based on the food. I wish they had given more information as to like how they're training and things of that nature, because this could end up just being the wasted mass that you're kind of putting on there. If you're not actually like doing the extra work that's necessary to kind of warrant that much, you know, that many extra calories being consumed like right before bed. Yeah, and how many hours you're sleeping kind of factors into this as well. Yeah. Yeah. He did a sidebar here. I'm in landscape construction on my feet 9 to 12 hours a day, enough cardio for me, and obviously lifting a lot, I would assume. So he's a lot of – lot of uh, obviously lifting and cardio. So – I mean, for for me, I think I think it's a I think it's a nice meal. It's good, healthy stuff. For mm-hmm. me, it's heavy. It would be heavy for me for bed, but during the day, you know, one or two of those, I think it would be fine. But again, it, it, like Josh said, it really depends on what your goal is and what your true activity is that you're kind of not putting on too much weight. So, but uh, 
advice for someone that wants to do their first show? Do it. Um, <laughs> uh, my advice would be, you know, find somebody that is, uh, competent in it and understands the process and set your expectations early. You know, um, what, what is your goal? What's your motivation for doing a show? Uh, if you want to do it to be competitive, then take your time, build a good physique. Uh, if you're just trying to get up there to like, say, Jojo or some of these guys that have lost a ton of weight. And, you know, for them, this is showcasing their transformation and showcasing what, what they've done. And your goal is not necessarily to, to be the biggest or most ripped guy on stage. It's like, okay, we'll go in knowing that, you know what I mean? And, and do your best. Um, but I would say find somebody that's, that's good and uh, will steer you in the right direction. Yeah. I'd, I'd second that for sure. Find someone that's been in the circle make sure that you have a support group behind you that's willing to follow you during your highs and your lows because when you're actually doing a show prop you're going to have mood swings and all sorts of other shit and some days you're just going to be a nasty son of a bitch some days you're going to be the nicest person on the circuit um on top of that make sure that your reason for stepping on stage is 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 real and true make sure your intentions are actually matching up with that because it's it's not as easy as just saying okay hey i'm gonna do this and all of a sudden cool you're on the stage the next day there's a lot of internal turmoil internal struggle that you're going to face as a competitor getting ready for a show and if you don't have the balls to actually kind of deal with that face it head on and still go throughout your day-to-day activities you're gonna flop fall flat on your face and not get back up I have a question. Um, so every, you know, like you said for prep, having mood swings and stuff, am I just weird? Cause like, I guess I feel like maybe I haven't trained hard enough or I didn't diet hard enough. So I've never actually felt that I'm only done, you know, one show really coming into my second show, but even like in the midst of like the three weeks out, two weeks out peak week, like I didn't have mood swings and maybe it's just because I have like more of like a, you know, happy personality, I guess, and just everything's always greener kind of personality. Like somebody might have it worse than me, so I don't ever really get down. But like, I don't know. Do, am I just not doing it hard enough? You guys think, or do you think? <laughs> so, Jojo, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I haven't really dug in and looked at your pictures, uh, but chances are, is you haven't pushed it hard enough. If you're not getting irritable and you're not fatigued at that level, where just shit is just getting under your skin um, because I, I feel like I'm a very happy, very stress-free person from the way that I look at things. And even the last couple of weeks, you know, when my carbs get low, um, this is one reason why my wife didn't want me to do this is because I can turn into an asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it just, everybody's different, but, you know, you also have to factor in that in an OCB show, conditioning isn't at the same level as like an NPC show. Right. So you're, you're maybe not having to push your body to that super extreme fat loss to get there. You know what I mean? So yeah. I wouldn't say that's necessarily um, a bad thing, but I would say that it's probably um, you could push harder and bring a better conditioning. And that would uh, bring out 
some different aspects of your personality. That that is the plan this year. That's why every morning I put plan to suffer because like <laughs> I, I want to feel this suffer, you yeah. know, because you know I want to be there. You know, I want to win. So, but I, I want to just jump in one more thing that uh, I've seen a lot of people talk about here lately is that it's expensive, you know. So you want to make sure that um, financially you don't have the stress and you're not uh, cutting corners on food or cutting corners on whatever supplements you decide to take or protein, um, your tan, you know, gym memberships, your, you know, competition cards, usually a hundred, 200 bucks. Um, all these things add up. And if you're at the point where, you know, you're week to week and you go, okay, well, Hey, do I buy my posing trunks or do I get the food that I need to eat? Um, this is not a sport that you should be doing. I mean, it's cool, I guess, you know, to dance around in your underwear um for some but the simple fact is is like you need to make life decisions that are going to be comfortable for you and if you don't have you know a thousand two thousand three thousand dollars like whatever you expect it to cost if you can't absorb that don't do it you know wait until your life is at a better point because chances are you can't afford it your stress is going to be high cortisol is going to be high you're going to hold fat you're going to look like shit and you're going to be broke so I just want to jump on that, actually, what James said there. And this is, I don't know if there's any female competitors that watch this or any woman that are, are interested in bodybuilding that watch this. But if you are. Women watch this, probably. Plan, plan on spending <laughs> twice as much as any male competitor in order to stop on that stage. Um, that's just the simple and ugly fact of the industry. When it comes to your suit cost, you're going to be usually 10 times that of what a male competitor is going to be paying for their suit. And that's just usually for a more basic level suit to be done, fitted, customized to your exact needs so that you actually stand out on that stage. There's makeup costs, hair costs associated with it, kind of like if you were to go to a wedding and actually be in said wedding anticipate those costs. So like on the natural side of things for like me and Jojo, for instance, OCB, we could plan to spend, depending upon how many different categories we enter, around $500 just to get the show paid for, the membership paid for, and possibly the tan paid for, paid for between five and $700. Women will be paying about double that in order just to get those entry costs covered of course factoring in your suit or your posing trunks whatever it may be and then you know the sky's the limit from there so it's it's like james said it is an investment in every single facet it's an expense okay i'm a business guy i'm gonna say it's not a, it's not an investment <laughs> it's an expense okay don't don't con yourself spend the money you know it's gone right you know, and let's face it, all the money invested, and I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but so many people say it. You do this just for a $50 trophy? It's a $5 <laughs> trophy. <laughs> I was trying to sound a little bit better, James. No, no but the sword's though. Hey, if you get a sword, man, hey, I, I swear to you, if I get a sword, you're going to see some pictures of me. Like, I'm taking that thing with me everywhere. <laughs> you and your son are going to be outside. Your son's going to be throw, throwing, like, watermelons at you, and you're going to be, like... Oh my god. So what do you guys think is the hardest thing of body of competing when you look at look at the whole grand scale of things? The dieting, is it stepping on stage? Is it the exercise? Like what what do you find the hardest thing that you have to overcome every day or every week? For me, it's dieting just because I love eating. <laughs> Having to cut the like 
when I did my first show, my calories got down to 1100 and it's cause you know, I didn't do any cardio and things like that. So like Lucas even told me that's when I first met like the final scoop, Lucas was like 1100, you need to message me right now. We need to talk. And I was just like, well, and then I told him, you know, I wasn't doing cardio and he was like, well, you don't need to eat that low in calories. Um, but that for me, that's the hardest part is just like giving up food in, in that sense. Cause I, if I could just be fat and happy, I would rather do that. <laughs> but Jojo, I think you've done the same thing I firstly did. And many people have did done that. They don't know better. They just, they don't understand the calories. Yeah. And usually the first show you come in emaciated. I was ripped, but I was emaciated. Yeah. And I was probably on my last week, probably doing 1300 calories. Mm. And I didn't know any better. And I think everybody falls into that of not understanding like how your body fuels with, with food and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. I've learned. <laughs> Josh, what about you? What's the hardest thing going into a show? Sleep. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's worse, you or James, because James is doing like five hours, but I know you said you go to bed at like midnight or one and get up like at the crack of dawn yourself. Yeah, I usually go to bed between eight and ten o'clock, and like clockwork, I'm up between eleven and twelve thirty ready to go unfortunately in the evening like you go to bed in the evening wake up at midnight ah yeah okay. I, okay. uh i function for like 18 to 20 hours somehow I'm, I'm the same way i like my bedtime usually falls around like 11 at night and then i'm up at like two three o'clock in the morning to get ready to go to the gym by four I mean, right now i'm actually going in at three three thirty because i have a client at five she was like i need to have that morning and i was like that's my time but I was like, nope, money's good too. So I, you know, just work out earlier and then train her. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, while we're here, I would actually like to ask you guys, I guess you only sleep, Josh, like four hours. And, you know, everybody talks about seven, eight hours is the only way to do it. Like, how do you feel running on four hours? Five scoops of pre-workout. <laughs> Appalling. That's for Josh. <laughs> um, How do I feel? I, 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 I've, been gosh doing it for at least seven years so i i can't answer that question honestly see that's kind of how i feel i, I feel normal because yeah. i don't remember anything else <laughs> what i was thinking like most recently was that you know i feel like they say you need seven to eight hours of sleep because the first two or three hours you're trying to get into like your deepest sleep most people anyway but then for someone like me if i fall asleep that's it i'm asleep so Maybe because I have this like superpower of going into REM sleep once I close my eyes, I don't need seven to eight hours of sleep. That's why I can run on three hours, four hours. So being a uh, habitual lack of sleeper here, um, <laughs> you know, I've run off of four or five hours of sleep for, I mean, going on 15 years now. So ever since I was going to school at night and all that, uh, kind of the reading that I've done and, and just the experiments kind of on myself is having a a high sleep latency where, or a low sleep latency where you fall asleep super fast and you're able to get into a deep sleep. Most people don't have that. So, um, like a sleep tracker, you can see, Hey, right. It takes me, for instance, it takes me somewhere between five and eight minutes to fall asleep Jeez. where an, an average person is sitting at, you know, 20 to 30 minutes to actually creep down into even a light sleep. So if you're able to, you know, eclipse that time, and then stay in a REM and deep sleep cycle for, 
the majority of that sleep and then wake up clean, uh, it, it can work. Now, is this optimal for building muscle? No. Um, can you build muscle in a sleep zone like this? Yes. Um, Obviously. Look at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, but could it be better? Yeah. But I think the majority of the people that push for an eight to nine hour sleep cycle uh, are not getting quality eight hours. You know, they're they're sleeping five to six hours with, you know, very interrupted sleep, waking up in the middle of the night, uh, a very high sleep latency where they're 30 plus minutes to fall asleep. They've got all these things going on. Um, so they're very restless in their sleep where I think guys like us, you're so exhausted throughout the day and you have to be organized with the things that you do that when you're ready to go to sleep, you're out and then you're up and you go. And so yeah. you get this block of time that is like, I always joke that there's a guy by the plug outlet, you know, like in my brain going, did he lay down? Did he lay down? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, it's like, bam, you're up and you go. Um, so I think, you know, having good sleep hygiene, uh, it, it can be effective. So our good friend, Alan, I don't know if Josh knows Alan, but James, you know, Alan, how often do you guys practice posing and do you plan routines? So Alan also said that we got to come back and do an Olympia podcast too. Yes. And, uh, and me and him are going to rip some people on that. <laughs> so Josh, I know you start really early because after I left, I know you were in the, in the back room there doing your pose in probably 30 minutes, if not more. Yep. Yeah. So how often, typically speaking, two to three times a week, and that's when I'm at Gold's usually. So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes, I'll be just doing my mandatory poses, doing favorite classic poses, and then I'll do a few runs through what I at least have in my head right now is my routine to music, and then I'll call it kind of a day. That's usually at the end of my training session, either before or after I've done cardio. So now you're, you're, you're an aesthetic guy. So what kind of music will you pose to? Um, so right now, it's going to be uh, something EDM-based I'm going to be really? going. Okay. Um, last year, I had tried actually doing music that I would normally really fuck with and totally derailed everything. So I, it's got to be more of something that I feel this time yeah. around. Jojo, what about you? As for posing... Um... I, last year I didn't practice it too much because I was just worried about not being fat and getting on stage. Um, this year I I was doing it only on Sundays because that was like my my rest day because I was going six days a week. Now I go seven days a week. But uh, what I did is I actually watched Honey Rambod. Uh, he was training with somebody, and like after every workout, he would have them like hold a pose or something. So that's something I've been incorporating. So I'd hit my set and then hit like a front lat spread or even a double bicep or whatever. So I'm posing all the time now because, you know, I think posing can make me look bigger than some of the guys who I'll probably be standing against, you know, out angle them and just make the poses look easy, too. So. So are you planning, are you doing a routine already or when will you actually start figuring out the music to the actual poses? So initially I was planning on like trying to do something like spectacular with my routine um, and last year i didn't do anything i just was like play some music i'll go up there hit some mandatories and walk off the stage this year i do want to do something um and i was thinking about doing more of like a rap like hardcore song type deal but coming from like a hula background like i'm hawaiian we used to dance hula a lot like as a family 
I'm like, my body really doesn't like hit to that. <clears throat> so I'm thinking of maybe like a slower song, like, I don't know, something by Bruno Mars or something and just more flowy, classic, okay. I guess-esque uh, work um, on my routine. I haven't really started on it though yet, so we'll see. And then on OCB, it doesn't count. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know. And James, I think you told me in a DM you were doing Celine Dion. Yeah, hell yeah, that's that's Heck the gameplay. Yeah. I mean, no, to be honest though, like I think everybody would expect me to come out to like some hardcore rock or or rap music, but nine times out of ten, that shit does not play out well. Like it seems. Seems like you're trying to be hardcore. It doesn't work. Um, you know, and then typically it's like the same music that 70 other people have used. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I've learned that from like doing all these events at shows. Uh, I am leaning towards possibly doing an R&B song um, that's super slow. And I think would get kind of the, the ladies riled up uh, yeah. just because I think that makes me laugh on the inside and I would have fun with that. Uh, and I don't really give a shit what anybody else thinks. Um, but then there's there's another couple songs that I think that are more serious, but slow in the uh, the classic physique type that would uh, that would translate well, and I think also kind of bring some of my personality to it. So we'll see. See, I love the old school adage that if you're a mass monster, you come out to like Metallica or something really heavy because it seems to coincide. But then when you're kind of aesthetic and just flowing and everything that you want to do something slow, you want to slow it down so that you can enhance the pose or hit the poses a little bit longer instead of bicep and then switch it into something else quickly. Listen, if you're Ronnie Coleman or Jay Cutler, you come out to whatever the fuck you want. True. And, and it looks cool, you know? Yeah. At these regional shows, like, don't try to come out to something hardcore. It, you're not big enough. You're not lean enough. Nobody knows you. Like, it just come out to something that, you know, like, just kind of plays well and flows, you know? Yep. Was there was there a bodybuilder that each of you looked up to to kind of reinforce you doing getting on stage or going through the craziness? So let's go. It's C-Bomb. C-bomb, C-bomb, C-bomb. <laughs> um, to be honest, for me, um, just being how short I am, I just was almost just going to give it up on that alone. But then I saw like Lee Priest and then uh, um, Sean Clarita. Most recently, when I started getting back into bodybuilding, I was like, dude, I think I'm taller than him. He looks crazy. <laughs> and I was He's like, okay, maybe, maybe I do have a chance at this. And so... Uh, the shorter bodybuilders have kind of been my inspiration to just keep going because I could relate a little bit more. So it's funny you bring up Lee Priest, and I'm sure it's, it was inflated, but Milo Sarshev said to with Lee was on the on the call or on the podcast that when he was in contest shape, his arms were 22 inches, That's and the guy was only five foot four. But he was also guy. 300 pounds in off season. I mean, he turned yeah, into so a complete 27 inch just, fat yeah. shit. Yeah. Still crazy. <laughs> Josh, and you said Phil Heath, right? Or, or, or is it someone else too? Yep. Phil Heath and actually uh, Wesley Visitors. Okay. I don't know who that, I don't know who that is. He's a kind of somewhat newer uh, classic, classic guy. Yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when all is said and done, when you're starting your prep, Josh, at the beginning, where do you plan? Like, how much do you plan on transforming? What are you starting at weight wise? And what do you what would you like to step on stage at? So 
like this time around, I started off at 196, and I'm planning on stepping on stage some to the tune of 160, 165. Okay. Last prep was like 180, and then I stepped on stage 147. Wow. Okay. So you'll be up 13 pounds, and, and I know we discussed it, but you feel better at this point in the game than you did last year at the same time of point? Yeah, for sure. A lot lot better, a lot more confident in pretty much every aspect of how it's gone. And James, I know it's been a couple of years for you, but what are you going to start this prep at, and what do you hope to be on stage at? Um, so, I mean, it's been five years. So in 2017, uh, I weighed in at 180 pounds. So right now I'm 210. Um, and so I expect to be 200, maybe even 205 if the food doesn't really drop. Uh, wow, so, damn. Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of it is that we're trying not to pull as much food uh, because I was like Jojo. I mean, I was eating very, very little. So I probably sacrificed a lot of muscle um, to get up there as lean as I was. And, um, you know, I mean, it's five years. So that's I don't really stray off my diet. I eat my meals whether I'm bulking or cutting or whatever, you know? So it's like, I'm super regimented. So I would hope that, you know, in five years I could, I could put on, you know, a handful of pounds. Uh, If not, then I should just give up. (laughs) And Jojo, where are you starting? Where do you hope to finish? Oh, so this prep this year is completely different than last year. So last year, you know, I went from 195, just sloppy, never working out to 156 stage weight and so yeah so from there i went up i took from basically december to mid-june to i guess bulk i got my calories up from 1100 to 3300 at my highest and uh, i was sitting there and then it started getting a little sloppy and i was like ah maybe i need to start prep so i started prep at like 185 and um my idea is to get back to about 150 because right. with, I, I assume I put on new muscle cause I look better than now than I did on the show. I you know, I was a little leaner for the show, but like just my V taper, my X frame, like everything is better right now. So I feel like if I get back to the same weight, I should look like pretty nasty. Like, cause at 156, then I was striated like chest up. But everything else was kind of loose. Um, but this year, I feel like if I get back down to 150, I should be pretty tight everywhere. Except for the fact that I have, like, loose belly skin. So that's the only thing I'm concerned about. Because, like, I got really lean around the stomach. You could see the abs. But I still had that low belly. I guess it was belly fat. But it was more just skin than it was belly fat. So um, I guess we'll see what happens when I get that low again. If I'll have just as much skin hanger. Maybe you get trunks though that might have come up a little bit higher though to kind of camouflage out a little bit. No, maybe I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. I'm just trying to get skinny and lean right now. <laughs> but if, if you know anything about that, yeah, I would love to figure that out. You could also, also play with some of your poses to yeah. keep your keep your hands maybe to to hide that like in a side chest or something. Yeah, I heard a thing that you could tape even. I don't know if that's illegal or not, but I heard something about taping it. Um, Definitely, I, I think that would be in the OC. Yeah, I think you can only tape things in the trunks, man. I better learn how to tape it in the trunks. <laughs> oh my god! So another question here: Better physique, golden era bodybuilder or modern day? So 
I don't know what he means by a golden era, maybe 80s and 90s versus today, I would assume. Well, I think, uh, isn't it like the golden era, like 70s and 80s bodybuilding? Like yeah. yeah, you might old be right, James, Arnold. I think about it. Yeah. So you got your Frank Zanes, your Arnold's, your Franco Colombo's, and uh, you know, Sergio Olivia's. And... Yeah, for me, it's right. For me, it's right in the middle, right? The 90s. I'm a 90s guy, tried and true, and early, early, early 2000s. I can appreciate a lot of the different physiques. Uh, there's a lot of guys in the 70s that I, I really, really like. I mean, like growing up, Arnold was the the kind of pinnacle of that, especially kind of me being a taller guy. Like Arnold was a little bit taller, big chest, you know, it was like. But then you take and you take some of the guys that we have on stage today. I mean, Terrence Ruffin, uh, Chris Bumstead. I mean, just beautiful physiques. And still bringing a great level of conditioning and flow to it. Um, I think the top couple guys there in classic are just really amazing. Last preference a decade or preference of, of uh, yeah, I guess, decade? I, You're a young guy. I, I would have to say similar to James, what James just said there. Um no, he what he just said was similar to James. So he he thinks that I look the best. Is what I heard. I think so I heard James is similar to Bumstead. I think I heard James and Bumstead in the same sentence. I heard James and Bumstead were related. That's what I. Heard. Um, and that he wasn't working with Ian this year either. Uh-oh. Um, but no, I I think the guys from the seventies that we all we all pretty much everyone looks up to. Um, you know, there's definitely something to be said about them, but they were always lacking in one department, and that was the legs. And the classic guys that we have now are well similar weight caps and all that jazz, but well, they have these things that they walk on, and they're called legs, and they look iced. <laughs> so I, I kind of I vibe with the whole Terrence especially. Um, I, nothing against Chris, I just. No, Terrence is, Terrence is as far as classic like goes, yeah. I mean, his posing is just insane. So, yeah, no. I, I like the, the, the current the – current, current, when it comes to classic bodybuilding, I like the current far more. James, between you and I, you've seen all these on Instagram. Everybody putting the side-by-sides of Bumstead and Arnold. Come on now. You've seen all these, these going around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's two different worlds. I mean, we're looking at pictures and I can tell you just from being at the Olympia last year and being at some of these shows is that pictures in real life are not the same. So to try to take a picture from the seventies with the cameras that they had, uh, or even like the nineties with the cameras that they had to today, like you can't make that judgment call. And, and I think that, uh, I think that's an unfair kind of comparison. Jojo, what about you? You're a young guy too. Like, where, where do you have a generation or, or a, a decade that you lean towards? Did you really like the physiques? Honestly, I just enjoy it all. Um, I don't follow enough to know, like, if you said like Franco Colombo or I mean, you know, Arnold, Seabum, all of them, they're you know relevant all the time. But like some of the older bodybuilders, like my dad's favorite was Franco Colombo, and I was just like, I don't know who that is. Like, I knew the name, but I couldn't match a body with the name and that's how i am with a lot of the the bodybuilders like i know their names but i can't i don't look at them enough to understand their bodies so i just appreciate it all to be honest 
Franco's a short guy too, though. I, I, hopefully you've looked him up, but he was, he yeah. was a little shit, brick shit house. Yeah, that, my dad said, he's like, you remind me of Franco Colombo. And I was like, well, he was good, so. <laughs> James, you got to respect him for being a little bit of a power lifter yourself, though. I'm not a power lifter. I'm just a, a gym bro, man. <laughs> Dude, but tell me, some of, the, some of the deadlifts you put up are almost like going into, going into power lifter realms here. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been... I've been doing all right this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, we've talked a, talked a lot here. Is there anything else that people want to kind of discuss that maybe we didn't tackle here? Or uh, I don't know, man. I mean, to me, it's it's like there's there's a lot of good and bad with it. I mean, um, doing the competition, some people, you know, give up so much of their life to to step on stage. And, you know, I think if you're at an elite level where, you know, like, hey, you've got the genetics, then then maybe you can make a, a career out of it. But I hate to see people just completely dead into a, a competition, cut people out of their lives, sacrifice things, a job, financials. And more often than not, they don't place well and then they don't hit the gym for two months and they've they've only committed for this glamour moment and not really for kind of like the physical lifestyle of, Hey, this is a piece of my life. This is something that I am doing in the fitness lifestyle that I have not, I'm going to do a competition just to get the photos. And then, um, you know, if I don't go pro, then fuck it. There's you more eating than just competing. Right. There's a lot more. One last question. How do you guys keep keep motivated where there's days where it's like you're just you get the brain fog, you get the shitty attitude. What keeps you guys going and from, from food, from training, not grabbing that brownie, whatever. What keeps you guys focused daily on the prize? Uh, for me, it's just to prove to my kids that it can be done. I mean, they're they're my driving motivation. Like, I don't want to make excuses that dad's too tired from working, taking care of you to not go to the gym. So I want every day when I'm tired, I'm like, would I let my kids give up? Probably not. So I'm not going to give up. So that's, that's me. I, I wake up every day going, I'm going to prove to them that I can work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, wake up early in the morning, go to the gym and now a trainer and, you know, do clients. And, and, and I've learned that from my parents. I mean, my dad's 70, my mom's 62. They're still working full-time jobs. I mean, that, you know, it's not as old as it used to be, but, you know, they don't have to work, but they do, you know. So that's that's kind of where I want to be. James or Josh, last question. I'll let Josh go. Whenever I get like that, I just remind myself that I've experienced worse. So there's no question after I remind myself that what I need to do to keep doing that. For me, I just go, don't be a bitch. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's it, like kind of like what Josh said. I mean, for me, it's like, dude, I've been in some real life-threatening situations. I've, I've been through some shit. And to have the opportunity to just do something miserable to, to build willpower and, you know, kind of that internal strength where it's not really life or death. You know, like a lot of people are like, oh, it's so fucking hard. This is the hardest thing you do. Like, get the fuck out of here. But it's all these little decisions that you make that you're the only person that's accountable. I could go eat a scoop of fucking peanut butter right now, 
right? Nobody else cares except me, right? So I'm the only person that I'm accountable to in all these moments. And I know that if I can keep the promises to myself, then that means when other people rely on me, I will have the strength to make the right decisions for them. So it's just another layer on top of, of building kind of that discipline and that motivation to, to conquer anything in the world. And I know that's very kind of like positive, uplifting, yeah, yeah, bullshit. But I mean, that, that really is what it is. It's like, I got into fitness to build a foundation for the discipline in my life. And now this is just kind of another exercise of, you know, like David Goggins would say, is like, find some suffering, do some hard shit and um, just, just make it hard and know that it's making you better. So don't be a bitch and get it done. Yep. One, one last question, guys. And I keep saying that, but one last question from Joshua here. Um, the gym used to be such an underground niche for me growing up. My now it's man. such a mainstream fad. Do you see it continuing to grow or do you think it will go back to the way it was? As long as social media is around, it's going to continue to grow. I mean, the gym bros that you'll constantly be seeing, they'll constantly be there taking their shit off, doing shit for clout, all of that. All of the women that are there to be fucking thirst traps and all of that, um, they're going to continue because while well, social media is here and what do we do as long as it's popular on social media, we buy into it. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think you'll you'll see a shift maybe in a few years where you'll you'll have like alpha elite gyms and then you'll just see this hardcore dungeon gym resurrection come back up. Um, so I think you'll just see like a huge split in the the gym community probably happen is you'll have the TikTokers and um, then you'll have like the real hardcore people and that's kind of like where it's going to end up. Got it. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure. I know it's late for some of us, you know, and some of you guys probably still waiting for dinner. Um, I appreciate everybody's time. If you just want to go around quickly, Jojo, where can people follow you? Where can they get in touch with you? Easiest way is on Instagram. Uh, Yabui underscore is underscore the underscore name. And then uh, Apollo Nutrition, Yabui 15. And James yourself, give your plug, buddy. Impelnutrition.com. You know, real third-party supplements. We are all about great manufacturing, no bullshit, clear marketing. Check us out at Impel Nutrition. If you guys have any questions, want to talk anything, and the whey protein is coming soon. And one of the best beards in the supplement business. And Josh, go ahead and plug yourself. <laughs> so for supplements, the one nutrition at the one underscore nutrition, um, pre-workouts, intro workout, fat burners, all that jazz. That's what we do every single day um dry scoop king of the dry scoop right here um and it's a 16 gram dry scoop and i've done a 27 gram dry scoop so oh, thing um personal though is at joshua karuba holler at your boy um yeah it's been real thank you so much for having me here thank you for having us here yeah thank, thank you, you all of you guys yeah man it's yeah. been a fun time thanks for taking my virginity <laughs> thank you great way to end the show and for anybody listening to this on the audio platforms please be sure to leave a comment and leave a five-star review thank you everybody have a great night step one wake up really gonna rise with the sun step two get some good some food in you step three you grow hard about what you want to be step four everybody just do your thing wake up
Today's gonna be a good day. Wake up. Today's gonna be a good day. Wake up. Today's gonna be a good day. Wake up. Today's gonna be a 